Well, good morning, everyone, and thank you once again for being here at the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to those women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine as well. Well, we all know women don't like to talk about themselves, and we often don't own our story and bring it to the front of the room, but on this podcast, it's a requirement. So I bring my friends and those people I don't know yet to be my friends on this show and ask that they own their story. Today's guest happens to be one of my closest personal friends, and I'm ready to share her and her story with you. Jennifer Smuts, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be invited. So thank you very much, Susan. I'm super excited to share you. I adore you. I can't wait to share you with the world. (laughs) (laughs) So tell everybody about yourself, Jen. Okay. So I am not near, not just 50 yet, but I'm getting there. So therefore I've, uh, been in this world long enough and been a professional services marketer for um, about 20 years so far. And I've focused on legal services for the past, well, like I said, nearly two decades. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I attended um, Taylor Alderdice High School in Squirrel Hill, which is um, has some pretty famous graduates that came out of Alderdice, including Broadway's Tony winning um, uh, Kinky Boots original Billy Porter, Woo-hoo! as well as Wiz Khalifa, Mac Miller, unfortunately. Wow. But um, some other famous Pittsburghers are, of course, Andy Warhol and Mr. Rogers and Jeff Goldblum. So we got lots of good characters coming out of Squirrel Hill. I and yeah, unfortunately, last year, Squirrel Hill was in the spotlight due to the um, Tree of Life synagogue shooting where 11 people were killed and seven were injured. And that was really, really heartbreaking. And not only for um, the for Pittsburgh, but also for the whole entire country. Um, we just see a lot of craziness going on right now. And um, it's very, it's very scary times. Yeah, so I think that was sad times for the world, and I think in today's 24-hour news cycle, we forget and move on to the next big bad thing, and I want to know, why do you think, not to get too political, I mean, this is a a happy, good, shine your story podcast, but um, why do you think that is, that everybody's so angry right now? Well, I do think it is our political climate that we're in today and that our leadership has kind of given, um, you know, some approval to radical thought. And I think that that has inhibited some really tragic behaviors out there. Um, But I also do feel like on the positive side that mental health is becoming a priority. And that hopefully, um, not only just these radicals who are committing crimes um, are, you know, getting um, the spotlight. Also, a lot of other people who have been 
you know, hiding under rocks and ashamed of their mental illness. Um, hopefully the good that's coming out of this is that they're getting help that they need and having less of a stigma to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. We just came out of mental health awareness week. Um, so hopefully it won't be a week, you know, exactly. Yeah. Just be the norm that we're aware of that issue because it's not the few. Uh, actually, right. more than many. I think every one of us have a time in our lives where we're struggling and need to ask questions or reach out for help or have someone notice if most people right. would start to pay attention. Um, right. Yeah. Um, what an interesting area of the world where you live. Um, that yeah. Joe Biden country. Yes, we are. I'm, uh, I, I live in Swarthmore, Pennsylvania, which is just south of Philadelphia, but I work in Wilmington, Delaware, which is just over the border. Um, and yes, Delaware is a um, fabulous uh, little state. And it's been great in the sense that, um, you know, being an outsider, you have a different perspective. Um, and you also are very welcome though. Uh, I found yeah. that having even, you know, lived overseas, lived in different states around this country, uh, I've been really fortunate in that people have mostly been very welcoming, not only to me and the professional skill sets I bring, but also to my family. Nice, nice. I know uh, Delaware is a little state that packs a punch for sure. So right. tell me a little bit about all the places that you've lived. So I actually had uh, graduated from the University of Pittsburgh in 1994. And at that time, I moved over to Melbourne, Australia with my husband, with my now husband. Um, we actually got married there. So Dave and I um, met when I was studying abroad in London. And he was... Um, just kind of living there. South Africans have kind of this rite of passage to, uh, they travel much more than uh, a lot of other people I've ever met. And Dave and uh, was living in a house with a whole bunch of different people, South Africans, New Zealanders, Australians, Irish, etc. So I met Dave there doing my last semester at the University of Pittsburgh. And then I came home and graduated. And Dave and I were in love so we decided to move um to melbourne so that we didn't have to we were doing that so that we didn't have to get married straight away but what we found ourselves was thinking like we're totally in love so let's just do this so um, no young people ever did that before no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so we married there in um, may of 1995 and we lived there for about four years so, and then we so yeah hang on i happen to know dave he's a great guy yeah. in fact um I don't know that many people from South Africa, but I do know probably more people than most know from there. And they're all so nice <laughs> and they're yeah. funny. Um, he's really a great guy. So. Thank you. Yes, he has a good outlook on life. He's very um, people-centric. Yeah. And um, he's just, he's the guy um, in his group that keeps everybody together. So yeah. he's, he's definitely a connector. He's the glue. Um, I'll tell you, he's a little like I am, annoyingly positive. 
And that's why I love both of you. Oh, well, we love you too, for sure, for sure. So carry on. Tell me a little bit. How did you get to where you are? I know you've been a legal marketer forever. Um, you yeah. said you're not 50 yet. You look like you started working when maybe you were eight because you look so Yeah, right. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Well, I bounced around a little bit. I really didn't know... Um, what I wanted to be when I graduated from college. So um, while I, when we lived over in Australia, I did professional services marketing at a bank. And then we moved to South Africa for a little bit. And I did some professional services um, marketing consulting, as well as I took a contract position with Unilever in their market research department. Wow. Um, Yep. So that was kind of fun. And I also used the opportunity to volunteer at the U.S. consulate in Durban, which was really fun and just kind of met a whole lot of different people. Still, like I said, trying to kind of figure out what I wanted to do, what I wanted, what I was good at, figuring out what I would, was good at and where I could add value. Um, our stay in, in South Africa wasn't very long. I fell pregnant. We had Rachel and, um, I moved. Wait, wait, I really... wait, wait, wait. You fell pregnant. <laughs> Not a phrase. <laughs> you fall on your back and get pregnant. Because <laughs> where I come from, that's not how it happens. You <laughs> <laughs> don't fall pregnant. <laughs> but I would love to tell my parents I fell pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I love it. I love yeah. It. So, um, but South Africa is Dave's home. That's where he grew up. And, um, and so we carry a lot of our, uh, his South African culture into our family today, which is really important. Um, but yeah, after we had Rach, we came back to the States and that's when I got into um, legal marketing. Ironically, I met my future boss at Rita's Italian Ice one night. We both had our babies on our back. Um, and we got chatting and she offered me an opportunity to come in and interview with her the following week and I got the job. So that started, like I said, nearly 20 years ago at Clet Rooney in Pittsburgh, PA. So I love stories like that. Women lifting women and lifting babies. Yeah. Time. So isn't that yeah. awesome? This is what I mean. It's totally by awesome. If yeah. you tell your stories, we share a lot in common. Our values align, our stories align, our challenges and vulnerabilities align. I mean, you got to tell your story because there's somebody out there who relates and they want to help. Yeah. yeah, that's so great. And I think, yeah, a lot of times people think there's this magic or there's this, um, you know, you have connections. And the reality is, is there's been nothing further from the truth. I've just you know, made effort to connect with people and make an even stronger effort to work really hard to, like I said, bring value, whether it's to a relationship or whether it's to a, um, a job or whether it's to family. Well, for me, you have brought value to a friendship, a business relationship and a huge project or two. So I'll say, yeah. um, it also brings value when you are authentic about challenges, like, you know, yeah. to, to be a little Brene Brown here, when you share your yeah. abilities, I mean, we're in the quicksand together, so right. lifting each other out is always a good thing. Um, yes. Carry on. So how did you get to where you are now? So I think that it's been, you know, a little bit of, uh, 
personal pers perseverance, but it's also been a lot of finding right um, mentors along the way who, who guide you. And um, I've really liked uh, legal marketing a lot. I find that working with attorneys and for attorneys um, can be very challenging. Yes. But at the same time, it's very rewarding because they don't, um, they don't just take good as good enough. You have to really continue to um, excel. And I've loved also the legal marketing industry, um, working within the Legal Marketing Association itself has been a tremendous resource. Um, and it's been great to watch it grow and evolve and change throughout the past couple decades. Well, you've helped make that happen. I know that for sure. You have been quite the contributor and the change agent within Legal Marketing Association. I, I know that for sure. So click. Well, click. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But I must say, I do like doing it more from kind of the back seat rather than um, having those headlights in my eyes up front. <laughs> well, those, but, well, it takes both, you know, to make that happen. So you can't, you know, the engine and the key and the headlights, they all work together to make the car. Yeah, true. Very true. So what has been your proudest professional accomplishment, would you say? You know, it's interesting. It's such a good question. And quite frankly, I don't think I've hit it just yet. I think that oh, there are sure. lots, I don't know. I think there are lots of moments that you're just happy that they came together, whether it be a um, successful office move and promotion, um, or even if it's, I don't know, you know, getting a website gone live or landing client business based on a successful client interview program. You know, there's so many things that I've been fortunate to touch and, and be a part of. Um, but I can't, there, I don't know yet. I don't know that my proudest has come. Yeah. So folks, there she goes again, finding the good in everything. That's what she does. <laughs> so. <laughs> awesome. That is really great. So I love that about you, Jen. Um, okay. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I'm sure your answer is many, but I'm not sure who among the many, who has been your mentor? Again, you did hit, you do know that. I've had um, lots of mentors along the way. I think that when I landed at, um, when I landed back in Pittsburgh and, and Dave and I really didn't have anything other than, you know, to land in my parents' house. And, and um, I can remember like borrowing my mom's business suit to go and interview, you know, like they are my heroes and mentors wow. because they really helped us get on our feet and um, realize that everybody has to start somewhere. And even if it's just with a $20 bill in your pocket, you know, they knew that we were going to be successful. Um, but John Euler, who was managing partner at McNeese Wallace in Harrisburg at the time when I worked there, he really took time to, you know, meet with me one on one and let me know um, where I where I could be excelling and what I needed to work harder at. And I appreciated that time and mentorship and friendship because to this day, obviously he's not practicing anymore; he's retired, but 
I still keep in touch with him to let him know what's going on in my life. And he still gives me advice and tells me what books to be reading. <laughs> wow. So I love I, that. I hope he hears this podcast. That's really my oh. interview. Yeah, um, no, I'll, I'll be sure and share it with him. But he knows a lot of this already. <laughs> yeah. But that's really nice of you to mention it by name. Um, a lot of people yeah. hear these podcasts and they, that's, you know, it, it really makes people, so, so first of all, we always think kind thoughts about those who've helped us, but with no, you know, conscious thought about it, we don't often reach back and say the words, thank you. You know, right. so it means a lot to folks when you actually, you know, call them out by name. Um, yeah. I want to talk about your parents. So people who listen to my podcast, I don't talk about my mom on my podcast, but mm -hmm. I, I do want to mention here that earlier I said, you know, one way we connect is through shared vulnerabilities. And mm -hmm. folks, my mom has been quite a challenge in my life in the past two years. And there are a lot of ways that Jennifer and I are connected through legal marketing and through just our personalities mesh quite well. And, um, but the way that we came to be connected is she heard the story of my challenges with my mother who has severe dementia. And she hand wrote me a note one day from clear across the country, found my address and mailed it to me here in South San Francisco, California. And when I opened this note from this Jennifer Smuts, whom I had never met, tears ran down my cheeks. And it was that moment where I was like, this is a woman I've never met, but have known all my life. Mm -hmm. And that is how we first connected and became friends. And that was almost two years ago. So, um, just another example of how it's important that you share your story and that you um, reach out to others. And she's that woman. So yeah, I wanted to mention that. And it's wonderful that you're close to your parents still and that you see them. Yes. And I didn't know if you wanted to mention that, but yeah, you want absolutely. To, yeah. absolutely. Well, as you know, um, about two and a half or no. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess one and a half years ago, I, we had, Dave and I had moved my parents to live with us here in Swarthmore and only upon um, them arriving and living with us for a few weeks did we realize how bad their dementia was. Um, it was eye-opening and sad and shocking and have, they have since been... Um, admitted to living in a uh, memory care unit uh, slash nursing home only about five minutes from our house. So Dave and I literally are there two to three times a day, making sure that they are getting um, the care and love and attention that they need. And because we had admitted them into this memory care unit, um, my five older sisters have since kind of disowned me and um, it's been really hard because I wasn't necessarily um, t very close with my sisters, but the fact that I had these five people um, hating on me was was very traumatic. And so we're working through it. But um, day to day, I'm really um, blessed that I have Dave and I'm blessed that I have friends like you who are supportive and and my parents are doing really well. I mean, it, unfortunately, dementia and Alzheimer's is a horrible, horrible, horrible disease, and I don't wish it upon anybody. But 
um, I know that they are loved and cared for and um, yeah, they're for people. Yeah. They're safe. And so I think that your sisters and others who don't understand and can't empathize really don't get a vote, you know? So yeah. um, I don't wish ill on those who don't understand what I'm going through or, you know, but they don't get a vote. I just tune them out. And so I'm not your sister by blood, but I'm your sister in every other way. So thank you. Yeah. And so thank you. And, and, you know, I'm here for you anytime in that way. And you know that, so that note that you mailed across the country changed my life. Um, thank you. You know that I believe that women should lift each other up. We walk the walk. We do it every day, probably every minute of every day, but certainly every day. How do you think that other women can support one another? You know, what are some, it doesn't have to be monumental. You don't have to start your own podcast or write a blog or write a book on the speaker circuit, but what are some of the smaller ways just in your day-to-day behaviors and practices that you can support women in business? I love this question because I feel like it's so, so simple. Just do something. You know, whether it's buying a piece of art from a local gallery that's owned by a woman or joining a networking group to connect with, you know, other women in business, you can host a professional lunch and learn. You can give a social media shout out. There are so many little ways that have such an impact. And I think that by just doing something, that action will spur a reaction and that in turn provides you like with the next step, what else you could be doing. So I think it's, I mean, not to steal Nike's um, catchphrase, but it's just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can steal it. I think they want you to. Yeah. They love, that's the goal. They love to share that message. So that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Like I didn't even think about that, but you do do that. You buy a little piece of artwork from here, there, and um, yeah. yeah, but you also, let's not l- overlook the big things that you do too. So tell us a little bit about your involvement and in, was it the leadership? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, or, yeah. Well, actually, um, you know, it was when it was a little over a year ago when the whole hashtag me too, um, um, t- yeah, trend was happening and, everybody was looking around and I'm not really a radical in any way, shape or form, but I wanted to be involved and I wanted to be supportive. And, and so I was looking around and I believe it was actually you that had mentioned the 2020 women on boards um, initiative that was happening out in the, on the West coast. Since then I've learned so much more and have brought a 2020 women's on board um, group here to Wilmington, Delaware, because Delaware wasn't being represented. And at the organization hosts every, I want to say it's like second or third Thursday in, in November, a national conversation on board diversity across the country, across the world, actually, because we have chapters in Mexico and Canada and England. Um, so it really is a uh, universal conversation on diversity that we'll host on November 21st this year. And here in Wilmington, we've gotten a fabulous steering committee together who has 
um, helped me pull together a sold out event already, which I'm so excited for. Wow. I know. And we have um, Dr. Wendy Smith from the University of Delaware, who's the co-founder of the Women's Leadership Initiative there, who's going to be moderating. And then we have three um, panelists, Donine Damon, who is the first female managing partner of Richard Layton and Finger here in Delaware. Um, we have Dr. Janice Nevin, who is a CEO at Christiana Care, and we have the chairman of Wisfis Bank, Mark Turner. So, um, yeah, so I'm so excited. Wendy's going to be um, moderating this fireside chat with these three fabulous um, speakers who are going to talk to us a little bit about why women on boards is a necessity, why it makes good business sense, and and encourage our audience to leverage their contacts or connections um, within their network to seek board positions for themselves. Yeah, yeah. So, it's beyond yeah. time. It's really, really good. It's just our first year here doing it in Delaware. Um, but like I said, it's it wasn't even like the first week of October and our event was sold out already. So next year we're moving into bigger space and broadening the conversation. Um, so it's all good stuff. I would love to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. Well, in this, the 20, this national conversation on board diversity does take place in lots of different cities across the country. Sure. So really just go on to the internet hit 2020 WOB for women on boards and you can find a location in your city and um, yeah, sign up because I'm sure tickets are selling out and it's getting more and more popular. And I'm also finding that as I talk to more women um, around the country who don't know about um, 2020 women on boards, I'm introducing it to them and they're really excited to learn more about it because women just aren't talking about this enough. They're not, they're not. So I know it is a big deal here in California and I know that it's a yes. huge event um, in Sacramento. Yes. All across the country. Um, I am friends with a lot of women who started the movement here and yeah. it's now the first state in the nation that it is a law that in 2020 yes. you have to have uh, 50% females on publicly traded companies um, boards. So let's get going, ladies, and make this happen all across the country. And it starts, like I said, share your stories, share your vulnerabilities, connect with women. Stop this trying to compete with women. We do so much right. and so much more when we collaborate. Um, you're putting my, uh, this is, this is now you're, I'm getting into gear. <laughs> I'm starting to kick into gear here. Let's get back to talking about you because now you got me all fired. I'm pacing the room now. I'm like talking and pacing the room. Um, I need to get, sit back down in my chair and calm down. No, it's um, all good. All it's fired. all good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I'm so proud of you. This has been well, a remarkable, um, the highs and the lows, you know, it's yeah. all, not all good, you know, that without no. the moments, there is no light. So what has right. been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it, Jennifer? Um, I think biggest challenge. Well, when I think about, 
um, challenges. I think obviously I go more professionally and the biggest professional challenge that I feel like I deal with or we deal with um, is politics in the workplace. Um, like I said earlier, I've always relied on kind of hard work to prove my value. So when politics comes into play versus talent, um, I'm usually at a disadvantage (laughs) (laughs) because I favor, yeah, I favor autonomy and teamwork. And so when it comes to taking a side or having someone in my corner, I'm usually screwed because I didn't prioritize that as my strategy. My, that it's just not my MO. Yeah. It's just not who I am. So yeah, politics in the workplace is always a, is is a big challenge for me and has been in my career. So Jennifer, my husband is a a former elected official, very successful uh, CEO, former COO, and he's forever telling me, read 48 laws of power, but then don't tell anyone that you've read it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you are Machiavelli. scary how much I love a man who knows yeah. 48 laws of power. If, you know, well, if you're friends with him and if you work with him and if you work for him or, you know, be careful because he knows yeah. his laws. <laughs> and, well, and, you know, I, I wish yeah. I could say don't mess with his wife, but apparently so many people did not get that memo. <laughs> <laughs> beware, beware. But I also do believe in karma, so. <laughs> yeah, I do too, I do too, I do too. So, oh, funny. Yeah, hold our head up high, do the right thing, make the right yes. thing, just let karma do its thing too, so. Exactly. Well, you've already shared, uh, I mean, I knew a lot about you before, but you've shared a few things on this call that I did not know. Um, share a surprising fact that most people don't know about you before we uh, wrap up and share with people how to reach you. All right. I think um, maybe a surprising fact about me is that I actually did start a 501c3 wow. uh, nearly a decade ago. It's called, it's called A Few Steps, and it is um, a few steps.org. It's based here in Swarthmore. And it's basically to help educate people on environmental and um, ways to kind of impact your uh, lowering your footprint in, in, uh, in on the environment and in your sustainability efforts. So um, it's been a really good thing. My kids were in grade school and middle school when I started doing it. And so we used to do lots of um, walking trains to school so that we weren't using school buses and cars and um, educating them on, uh, we did like a rain barrel um, um, sale so that lots of families in the neighborhood could buy their rain barrels and recycle their water. Um, but it's all good stuff. I'm not involved with the organization as much as I'd like to be right now, but um, other things kind of come into life and things cycle in and cycle out as they're supposed to. Jennifer, have you ever thought of running for an office at least at a local level and then maybe, you know, moving on up? You know, it's funny, a friend of mine, Mary Gay Scanlon, who is one of our new freshman congresswomen, is a friend and neighbor, and um, I think she would love if I said something like that, but in the meantime, I'll stand in the back and uh, 
help her be successful. <laughs> well, you know, I'm very actively involved in politics. I'm, I'm yeah. terrible at politics in the workplace, but I'm really good at politics out there in the real world. Um, if you ever decide to go that way, I'm pretty good at that stuff. I'm actually well, gonna say. Uh, Mike and I both have a bucket list and we had one yes. before we ever even met one another and we had a few commonalities on our bucket lists and one of those was to work a presidential campaign and so we will be in New Hampshire this year working a presidential oh, campaign. Oh nice. Um, oh fabulous. Yeah so if you want to come hang out for 12 days with us at the Airbnb yeah. and see what it's like to work a presidential campaign we would welcome that. Um, well thank you I might take you up on that because yeah. I'd love I'd love to see the behind the scenes stuff. That's where I like to hang. Now, it, there was a time when, um, you know, Mike was on one side of the aisle and I was on the other. So it was really <laughs> way much more fun to watch than it is now. But thanks um, for bringing him over to the right side, Susan. <laughs> you, mean the, you mean the correct side? Right? Yeah, that's right. That's correct. <laughs> All right. Well, look, if people want to reach you, Jen, how are the, you know, both social media and, you know, email, how, how do they reach you? Uh, so I'm on LinkedIn under Jennifer Smuts and I work at Connolly Gallagher in Wilmington, Delaware. And I am also on Facebook. You can feel free to reach me out on, reach for me out on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Jen Smuts or underscore Jen Smuts. And, um, my email address is simply Jen Smuts, J-E-N-N-S-M-U-T-S at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll put all this in writing in a blog and then I'll sync this podcast into that blog and I'll share it with my network and Jennifer will share it with hers as well. So Perfect. I love you, sister. This was so much fun. You're a Thank you. human being and you know, I'm the one who's so lucky to have you in my life. Well, thanks for shining the light, Susan. I must say I started off very nervous, but I've warmed up and I really appreciate this. Thank you so much. Sure, sure. Well, have a great day, everybody. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye.